Welcome to the Bumblecast. I'm your host, Ian Flynn, the Bumble King, and joining me as always is my Bumble co-host, Kyle, JCRB Krause. Hello, we're back. It's Wednesday, my dudes. And, uh, oh boy, these questions are exciting, Ian. Some of them might be a little frightening, though. But, you know, that's just normal for the Bumblecast, to be fair. It's always thrilling to get questions from our patrons over at patreon.com slash bumblecast, ko-fi.com slash bumblecast, and our YouTube members. Yes, indeed. Let's start off with this question from Major Bunny. Since magic exists in the world of Drogoon, I have to ask, how would a magical girl system work there? From my understanding, mana is used more as a general energy source, so would a magic user there be considered strange? Or is it so common it's not even worth pretending to be a magical girl? I genuinely love hearing about different kinds of magic systems, so go as in-depth as you want to. Thanks. Thank you. (laughs) So with Drogoon, magic is the way the worlds work. It is the system of transportation and machinery. It's what drives industry and technology. So in that regard, the magical girl would be almost mundane. You know, you just get some... uh, expensive glamours apply them to yourself and with a little bit of razzle dazzle and presentation it looks like you've transformed and you've got you know a wand that actually shoots real fire because it's got that particular rune installed in it but there's also magic in our world and fantasy is an escape from what is our known reality so within the context of dragoon an actual magical girl like a true transformation because of whatever spiritual powers you have would still be fantasy in that world. You would have magical girls that change because they found the lost mystical Drogon amulet relic, whatever. And that would be part of popular culture and popular media. Mm-hmm. So you could have, basically you would have similar analogs to what we have in the real world. It's just, you would have the greatest cosplay scene you can imagine. <laughs> because they actually have magic. Yeah, like so. you could do stuff way easier, way outside of what, like here we have to worry about costume weight and, you know, fibers that may be allergic to or, you know, taking up literal space. When in the world of Drogoon, again, you craft yourself a glamour. You basically have a really <laughs> high end hologram that weighs nothing and lasts as long as the battery does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Major Bunny is in the uh, Discord chat and says, Oh, heck yeah, commonplace poser magical girls. <laughs> <laughs> and you'd have some people rolling up to the cons with like their thousand dollar glamour setups with actual props and whatnot. And then you'd have like the budget crew that all came together to splurge on that one nice wand that makes pretty decent, decent effects. Yeah. But yeah. all the costumes are actually handmade. Which lends some authenticity to it that, you know, you can't deny that the passion is there. You can't get that same passion from a store-bought glamour. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I like this. This is good. (laughs) You got people walking around with, you know, other glamours to discolor their eyes or have like a functioning prosthetic tail. Look at me. I'm a Drogoon. And Wynn's like, yeah, sure you are. (laughs) Well, you know. <laughs> All right, here's this one from Melodillo. It's a typical day at Restoration HQ when suddenly Trip stumbles in through the front door. Literally. How does her visit go, and would she end up making friends with anyone in particular? She would become immediate besties with Belle. 
And the two of them would <laughs> accidentally cause all sorts of chaos. <laughs> chaos? In what way? As in whatever trip doesn't drop and break, Bell will. Bell will. Aww. And as the other one rushes to fix and clean up, they're just going to make it worse. Oh, <laughs> but they're so wholesome and adorable. How could you do it's that? It's wholesome chaos. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh, man. That's adorable, but also like, yeah. Also, color scheme besties. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and here's a question from Mike M. For another Starline Isekai adventure, tell us how he would survive in the Flintstones universe. How would he feel about the cast, animals being appliances, the cars, and how he goes on to his next adventure? Oh no. Starline, stay away from any rocks. <laughs> I just imagine he gets mistaken for like a golf club and as Fred's winding up, he's just it's a living. <laughs> bow, bow, bow. Now, I imagine he would be somewhat impressed by the level of functional society and technology within this Stone Age, primitive as it may be, but, you know, who is he to scoff at someone utilizing living animals to produce products? Yeah. I mean, it's Eggman, just without the metal shells. If anything, it's quaint in how direct it is. So, no, he can get behind this. He can totally make this work for him. But, again, he looks like an animal, and talking animals are not particularly weird in the Flintstones universe. So yeah, Fred mistakes him for a nine iron <laughs> and those golf balls are made out of solid granite. So four and the Isekai adventure. <laughs> I figured the so. irony being this time it's Starline that hits the rock, but I'm um, see, I was thinking that, you know, he'd like get a cigarette and first time he smokes it, boom, instant death. <laughs> <laughs> And Winston cigarettes go down smooth. Are we doing a product placement? Where do I look? <laughs> At the camera that's being run by a gerbil? Understood. Sabertooth gerbil. I apologize. Yes. <laughs> These are unfiltered, aren't they? Mm. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, he's going around screaming, Granddad! Flintstones! <laughs> Barney, my pebbles. <laughs> Fred takes a swing. Starline's done for. Gee, Fred, you put a hole in that one. <laughs> Damn it. <sighs> Alternatively, oh, wow. he just gets you know smushed by Dino. No, Dino. Down, boy. Down, boy. Down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoiled for choice on this one. Uh, people are loving your Barney voice, apparently. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> hey, Fred. <laughs> All right. Let's carry on to this next one from Miles the Prower. What would have happened if Scourge finished absorbing the Master Emerald energy? Would he still have had a mutation, or would he have gone super and raised all hell, or some other thing? Oh, super. Super and raised all hell. He would have a fine pair of lock slippers. <laughs> super duper, Scourge. Super D duper. All right, here's one from Mixiger17. 
Since they've never had a cartoon debut of any kind, or in Chuck's case, one voice actor is now dead, and the other, Maurice LaMarche, for those curious, only voiced him in a single episode of Underground, do you have any particular voices in mind if Jules and Bernie were to get the voice acting treatment, or or anyone else besides Brian Cranston for Movie Chuck if he were to come back? And if so, do you imagine them also voicing them in the boom or movie continuities, or do you think of someone else, even if you can't think of someone specific? Again, I'm not great with voice actors, but uh, I'm not good with voice actors. <laughs> I, I don't really have any specific in mind either. Because I don't really have a really distinct voice for Jules or Bernie in my head, to be honest. Mm -hmm. You haven't had to write them in forever, so. Well, there's that too, but, you know, it's Jules needs to have, I don't know. Jules always struck me as someone who felt kind of broken, kind of haunted by all that he used to have and all that he has lost. But thankful for what he has now. So you'd need someone who can carry that kind of tiredness in their voice without just sounding exhausted yeah someone who sounds weathered by time and experience yeah bernie bernie you would need kind of a mellow female equivalent to what we have with sonic like i imagine he gets a lot of his pizzazz from her but she has also been tempered by time and loss it's just she's a little better rolling with it possibly it helps that she's not trapped inside a metal shell you know yeah that changes your outlook on life (laughs) <laughs> but someone who would be able to like verbally spar with Sonic in a way that felt wholesome and fun. Yeah. Yeah. And Chuck, you just need someone who sounds like incredibly wholesome and grandfatherly. I mean, I like, like Brian Cranston, the Brian Cranston oh, idea. Yeah. <laughs> I can see him doing it real easy yeah. and yeah. Have them voice across the mediums. Why not? Uh, yeah. I mean, you get it right the first time. Stick with it. <laughs> Yeah, sure. All right, here's one from Nate Ray. Is it possible to vape or inhale Mephilus? Sure, once. (laughs) Then what? Then he just kind of seeps out of you, and the last thing you hear is yourself going, (laughs) (laughs) Like, how terrifying an end is that? You die with your own evil laugh. The (laughs) evil laugh is what's killing you on the way out. It's amazing. I kind of like it. Uh, yeah, yeah. like breaks the fourth wall and just looks at the camera vaping not even once <laughs> so that's what those Winstons were made out of <laughs> <laughs> oh man dude please do not inhale Mephilus do not he is, he is not meant for consumption in any shape or way shape or form so do not. Don't smoke them. Don't smoke them, even if you got them. And we got a question from Noni. Archie preboot question. We know Nicole was made in an alternate future to replace the Nicole those Freedom Fighters lost in a battle with Robotnik, who then got sent back in time to help the past Sally. Does this mean Nicole was in a time loop of being found, broke, remade, and sent back? Or was there an original Nicole that got lost in the shuffle? I know you didn't write that lore, but I wanted your take on it. That seemed to be the implication to me. Yeah. Um, I hate it. I, I'm i not... I don't mind closed time loops if they make sense. And they rarely do. And they usually only work in a story that has 
a concise narrative. It has a beginning, middle and end that ending time loop comes back to the present, but it's a closed circuit altogether. You're not going to have more stories or more points of view. You get just that. But with a narrative like Sonic, where you can't have a definitive future and there will always be new stories and new directions and new creatives involved. I feel like it's asking for trouble. Uh huh. I hate it. I hate it. I mean, it works. It can work well enough in that context where the future that she hails from is similar enough to the main line that that Nicole's journey would still make enough sense. Just say that that particular branch of the multiverse is very much aligned with the main one, but it does beg a degree of scrutiny that I don't think was intended. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I prefer her backstory for the uh, post reboot personally, but you know, all right, and here's one from not given my name for this. Okay, awkward question. When designing female characters for the games or the comics, Archie or IDW, how much thought is put into their fur patterns despite them being clothed nearly 100% of the time? Are there official reference sheets that you know of? This is tame. Come on. I know. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> We're talking about the design of a cartoon animal. Yeah, pretty much. I... <sighs> From my experience, when I dabbled with character design, basically I did a doodle, sent that in, and expected a better artist to work from that. Yeah. But I personally didn't worry too much about what was going on underneath the clothes because you would never see them out of it. Right. And if there was ever, like, a moment where they were in a different outfit that would expose more, that would be something to address when we got to that point. I can't speak for every other concept artist who's ever worked on the series because there's a bajillion of them, but I think in general, and I could be wrong, you know, take this to the artists, the actual artists out there and ask them, but I don't think it's really a major consideration. As far as I know, there actually is like a reference that Evan has for, um, whispers markings. Yeah. Under her clothes. That's all I know. Though. I don't know I if she's done that with for everybody. Like yeah. I don't know if Tyson did that for Tangle, but you know, just speaking from personal experience. Yeah, yeah. There's a few. There are a few out there. I think that I don't know if they're well. They're not like official, official, but you know, artist interpretations as close as you're gonna get to official. Hmm. Like <laughs> I don't think the diamond cutters themselves got that consideration, but that was because they weren't meant to show up again. Right. You know, why invest time with that level of design for characters that are meant to be plot fodder, basically. <laughs> All right. Next question is from Sam Cybercat. You're each cursed with having to make a ship cannon. The catch, it has to be an awful crossover ship that nobody wants involving one character from the Sonic series and any character from any other franchise. This way, everybody loses. Which ship do you each choose to sail? Bonus points if you explain how said ship would happen. Adventures of Coconuts with Master Chief. <laughs> uh, you know what? I mean, I'd watch it. Is it a show? I don't know. Is it a comic? I mean, I'd read it. Coconuts and Master Chief. <laughs> we need coconuts again? <laughs> Somebody coconuts. Oh, man. Chief. The well, it can't be grounder because they're both green. That'd be boring visually. That'd be weird. Yeah, I guess. 
<laughs> oh man, I'm 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 told I have to do this one. I don't know. <laughs> uh, here you want a loner one? I mean, help me out. <laughs> Exosnogus and Twilight Sparkle for My Little Pony. <laughs> Why? Uh, friendship really is magic. No! <laughs> I don't like this one. <laughs> no, Ian, please, no. I don't want... No substitution, exchanges, or refunds. No. Uh, oh, it was the other Spamton's the other one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Amy Rosen spammed him. <laughs> no! Please, no. Please, no. But her sphinx is so cute, I have to shave it. <laughs> you already made that joke last time Spamson came up. <laughs> Everyone loves reruns. <laughs> oh, no. No. No, Ian. No. No. Mm. Ah. Scourge time. Would the relationship of Scourge and Fiona last, or would they go their own ways in the end? How would their relationship end if so? This is very much Lost Hedgehog's Tales territory, but they're bad people in a bad relationship. It would not last. I'll say that much. <laughs> How would, would it end well? And it would probably end badly, because they're bad people in a bad relationship. So it would end badly. Big oof. Big oof indeed. Speaking of big oofs. We're taking a break because we're already halfway through this episode. But don't worry, we'll be back with more on the Bumblecast. We're back with this question from Scurvy Pirate Dog. Shadow the Hedgehog, the ultimate life form, insanely powerful, but what if he died? Like actual dead dead. And he didn't die a hero's death. He died the most bizarre way. Choking on a coffee bean. How does everyone react? How would the ghosts of Gerald, Black Doom, and Maria react to this? Well, the living don't notice because they just thought he's being antisocial again. <laughs> they don't realize he's you actually... Shadow? Nope. Eh, figures. They don't realize he's actually gone, gone. <laughs> As for the lingering spirits, Gerald's just kind of dumbfounded the ultimate life form. The culmination of all of his life research taken out by a coffee bean. It wasn't even like Mephilus brand coffee bean. <laughs> just... It's not that he's angry. It's just he's disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> and Maria's upset. You know, he was so full of life. She wanted so much more for him. She's wholesome and all. And Black Doom's just pointing and laughing. <laughs> <laughs> if I knew that's all it would take, I would have gotten that Colombian with a donkey years ago. <laughs> the best part of waking up is soldiers in your throat. <laughs> oh, you're gonna need a lozenge after doing that voice again <laughs> all right spoiler 1001 has a question if skirts and surge entered a crowded party from opposite ends of the room and no one moved to interfere with them how long would it take for a fight to break out instantaneous i was gonna say they're both gonna walk in and go mosh pit and just <laughs> yeah Sucker punching people who are just having a good old time, not even paying attention. <laughs> uh, I forget they're going to look at each other and be like, you green clone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I figured it may be like a JoJo approach. <laughs> Coming at each other. <laughs> Steph Cube has a question. Is there a rule that prohibits another girl besides Amy from falling in love with Sonic in games or comics? I know that Sonic can't really have a romantic relationship, and that's fine by me. I'm just genuinely curious. I'm sorry if you get asked these kinds of things a lot. It's okay, Steph Cube. Shipping questions on this show? <laughs> Heavens to Betsy. <laughs> no, at least this one's like non-baity and actually a question about the process. Uh, not that I'm aware of, and we have examples of each. I mean, yeah. Sonic 06 revolved around Elise falling in love with Sonic, as, as much as you want to acknowledge that. Um, I mean, Sally and Sonic. Yeah. Need I say more? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Shadow and Sonic. Going Kyle please. knuckles knuckles and Sonic coconuts and master chief. But, uh, <laughs> I, I don't think there's a stipulation for that. Exactly. There's a general guideline of, they just don't want to get into romantic stuff with the franchise, but that's more of a demographic concern than anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jet and Sonic. Just saying. Uh, that's what I call speed dating. <laughs> 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 Superior Pizza has a question. Have you guys ever considered making little VTuber avatars for the Bumblecast? Like a little cartoon, Ian and Kyle sitting on the screen talking for you guys? Yep. Yes. And nope. Apparently they are easier to do nowadays. Oh, really? But they would make the editing process a nightmare. Yeah. So I would say for the live streams, maybe. But for Ooh. editing, for, for the pre-recorded shows... Uh, mm, I must say no, <laughs> unless we I've, unless we like hire people. Pulling back the curtain a little bit here, I've been pelting Kyle with various ideas on how to like liven up the YouTube videos a little bit here and there, and it's like, yeah, well, yeah. sure, it's a great idea, but where's the budget? Who can do this? And it's like, well, I, mm, spoil my fun with sorry logistics and stuff. Sorry, but. I remember you saying that, you know, V two Briggs were kind of a hassle to set up, but you say it's easier now. Yeah, apparently you can do it with just images now in some way. Mm. It doesn't require three D modeling or anything, but I, I haven't looked into it enough and it's like I, I I don't know. So yeah, yeah, it's something I'll have to mess around with. All right. System five oh nine has a question. You spoke recently about Vanilla having lived a more adventurous life before becoming a parent, and it makes me wonder, what kind of a person do you want young Vanilla to be? Would she always be so kind, or would you like her to have a bit of an edge to her in her youth? Honestly, as I'm thinking through this, I'm just, <laughs> I'm getting Amy Rose with longer ears. <laughs> really? Like someone who, someone who is compassionate and driven to help others and isn't going to take smack from nobody. And it's just really go get them, have fun out in life type of person. I'm thinking, know? I'm thinking one, like, like I'm thinking now, I guess she's more like Mrs. Beakley from DuckTales 2017. <laughs> like she's secretly a super spy, but <laughs> that hasn't come up yet. <laughs> All right. Here's this one from the might of Gebra. I have a question based on the Sonic channel. It says the blue round planet of Sonic and his friends carries the endless possibilities of other worlds undercover. 
Hmm. What other planets and worlds in Sonic's worldview also have things such as this? I guess I don't understand. I, really I don't speculate on a machine translation of Japanese material. I really don't understand what the question is or what it's saying. Is this like is it a song reference to endless possibilities? Is that really what it is? I don't know if there's like anything deeper beyond that. I mean, Sonic's world is full of mysteries, and we have established clearly that there's a multiverse. So uh-huh. I don't know what else to say. Mm-hmm. I mean, I. I mm-hmm. And the Oddly Roger has a question. The powers that be make the announcement that a beloved character from Sat AM is going to finally make her debut in modern Sonic. That character being, of course, Rebecca. So, Ian, what is your pitch to update her and bring her into Sonic canon? Uh... <laughs> like on the one hand, is, does it have to be discount Fran Drescher, Bride of Frankenstein, but if you don't have either of those elements, it's not Rebecca anymore, I guess. Good old Rebecca. <laughs> Bring her back. Uh, Sage tries her hand at making a robot for once, and that's the result. No. <laughs> and Eggman's like, good job, sweetie. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll let it go play outside with mm. Sonic. Sonic, do me a solid and kill this thing. <laughs> But then, you know, Rebecca, in her own way, introduces herself to Sage's first creation. And so Sonic's not going to bring himself to ruin her fun. Sure, Sage is, you know, homicidally evil, but she's a good kid otherwise. Yeah. And, you know, he'll, he'll play around with this robot. You know, oh, no, you you almost got me with that swipe. And ha we're having an adventure. Sure is a fearsome robot. OK, go home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, wow. I'm, I'm looking at art here and someone drew Rebecca as like a Five Nights at Freddy style animatronic. Oh, God. No. <laughs> you know That's what? probably the better way to go, honestly. You know what? <laughs> it works. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> here, I'll put it in there. A there. rough night with Rebecca. Oh, boy. Wait, no, I know this fandom. I shouldn't have said no! that. No! <laughs> retraction, retraction. <laughs> I mean, there's a whole moment with Antoine in the show officially. <laughs> okay. Ah! You already ruined it. It's all over, Ian. It's all over. It's all over. I kind of feel I, I, I feel like I understand Wiley Coyote now as he runs into the painted wall that looks like a tunnel. <laughs> it's a convincing tunnel. It's a convincing painting. All right. <laughs> Here's a question from Phoebeus. Ian, time to take another piece of media and barf Sonic characters into it. <laughs> I love that phrasing. Uh, Kung Fu Panda, but the cast is replaced with Sonic characters. Who's replaced with who? You can do serious or funny answers. Go wild with it. Uh, let's see. Big as Poe. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, not I even think, like Jack Black Poe. Just it's just big. It's just big. I was thinking, like, is it going to be Sonic who's going to be Poe? But no, it has to no, be. It has no. to be big. And Infinite is Tai Long. <laughs> not Sonic. No, no, no. Sonic can be Monkey. <laughs> okay. Uh, Tigress is Blaze. Yeah, I guess. I, I mean, mean, I don't feel like. Maybe a little They're on both the nose. Very, 
very serious and very focused on their duty. I guess maybe like pre-rush blaze. Yeah. All right. I, that makes sense. Well, I sense. mean, if we're treating this like a storybook sort of deal, Ian, yeah. it doesn't really matter. Yeah. I know. I'm, I'm overthinking it. I know. Yeah, you are. Uh, Knuckles is Mantis. <laughs> Tails is Crane. Who's I haven't seen Viper? this movie in forever. I'm trying to remember. Who's Viper? Vipress. Yeah, I'm suggesting I'm receiving is Amy. Maybe. I feel like she's too low key for Amy, but mm. eh, why not give the snake a hammer? <laughs> is Knuckles five inches tall? <laughs> yes. <laughs> With normal size gloves? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Ah, oh, but who's Shifu? Grumpy wise and master. We don't really have one of those, do we? I guess uh, we'll just have to make I do mean... with Professor Pickle. <laughs> we have Zeke from Yeah, but he's like ancient. He'd be the turtle guy whose name escapes me. I guess that's true. Uh hmm. Uguay is what I'm saying. Uguay, thank you. Yeah. There's no bad news. Tai Long has escaped from the prison. That is bad news. <laughs> the other suggestion is SBO with a fake beard. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> now I watch that movie again. That was a solid movie. I knew. Uh, yeah, I need to rewatch it. It's been a while. It, it was like I mean, the I sequels. The sequels aren't bad, but that first one's really good. Mm -hmm. I was really surprised. Yeah. It's kind of one of those like mega mind where it's like, yeah, all right, you you guys nailed this one. You got it. Mm -hmm. Which is why mm -hmm. I'm like super annoyed that they're bringing back mega mind. It's like, leave it alone. What are you doing? <laughs> I mean, the other two Kung Fu pandas were all right. They were certainly watchable. Yeah. They weren't like offensively bad or anything. Maybe they'll get Mega Mind too, right? I mean, it's been a while. They didn't rush it out the door. Mega Mind's supposed to be a TV show, not a movie. Oh, so well. never mind. Retraction. Retraction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And apparently, there's a fourth Kung Fu Panda movie on the way. Yeah, we'll see how that do. <laughs> All righty. Here's one from Tick Tick. Since Tales in Tales Tube refers to Ray in the past tense when talking about Ray's flying ability. Does that mean that Ray can no longer fly? Does it mean that Ray is dead? It means he's talking in the past tense. <laughs> but is Ray dead, Ian? No. Why not? I mean, it would only make Just sense for I why he's not I around anymore. If I say I drove my car yesterday, that doesn't mean the car doesn't work today. <laughs> doesn't mean the car exploded. <laughs> but <laughs> Ray died. Ray flew in the past. He flies in the present. It's it's a syntax <laughs> thing. Come on. Ian, why did you kill Ray? <sighs> How could you do that? <laughs> First Sally and now this. <laughs> uh, Ian confirms Ray the flying squirrel is no longer flying. Because he's dead. Well, then he can't be the flying squirrel, can he? He's the flown squirrel. <laughs> That's why he... Yes. He's dead forever. He doesn't fly anyway. He's, <laughs> he glides. You maintain the air velocity. I call that his flying. <laughs> Come on. Falling with style. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> no, we love Ray. We're roasting Ian is what we're doing. We're not roasting Ray. <laughs> Twilord has a question. Sleepy Shadow finally wakes up. Awake, SA2 Shadow quickly steals the Chaos Emeralds and spends months guarding the Eclipse Cannon, scanning deep space for a target. What catches him up? A chat with Amy or Sonic? Evidence from Rouge? A tear-jerking scene with Omega and Harold? I'm lost. I'm a little confused. Like, if this is a running gag from a previous Bumblecast, I've lost that thread. Twilord is in the chat, so maybe he can uh, shed some light on this with some... uh, can clarify because sleepy shadow who is sleepy shadow and what's the difference between sleep what's the difference between sleepy shadow and awake shadow sleepy shadow was the idea shadow had been sleepwalking the whole time but since since he got popped out of the tube i guess i really don't recall i am like (laughs) i am lost i kind of (laughs) remember like a sleepwalking shadow i found you faker Sleepy Shadow was the idea that Shadow had been sleepwalking the whole time. He's been sleepwalking since Heroes. Okay. Amnesiac SA2 forgot the events of Shadow's own game, but knows he needs to blow up the comet and can't find it. Okay. Well, I guess that's it. <laughs> so who See, catches So who because... catches him up? Who tells him what happened between Heroes or between yeah, between he, he, the time he woke up before Heroes until he woke up now, I guess. But when is now? After he steals the Chaos Emeralds and spends months guarding the Eclipse Cannon, I'm assuming. After, after Heroes? I would assume. I'm sorry, Twilight Weir. <laughs> I'm I'm still very lost at why when is Shadow asleep and when is he awake and <laughs> Shadow had way too much melatonin. Yeah, this I'm I'm sorry. You know, let's let's table this one and prioritize a return to it later on. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll, we'll put this one in the chamber and come back to it. Sorry, Toy Lord. Windstar Osprey has a question. In Whisper's design, she's shown to keep her little wisp friends in capsules hidden in her cloak when they're not in use. However, she has five wisps and six capsules. This got me thinking. Was there a secret sixth G1 diamond cutter we don't know about? Eh, it's probably just a spare in case one breaks. Fan figures, you know what to do. <laughs> I mean, you answered your own question. Um, <laughs> as far as I know, it was just a design element to keep things symmetrical. So mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about, are we seeing only two canisters from the left side or two canisters from the right side? And, da, 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 da. and I mean, if you want a lore explanation in the heat of battle, you don't want a wisp kind of buzzing around your head trying to figure out which containment unit it goes to. It just goes to whatever one's unoccupied and then it can rest and recharge and come back out. (laughs) Uh, As far as I was concerned when writing things, there wasn't a mystery diamond cutter, long lost sixth member. But, you know, if a later writer wants to seize upon that little nugget of possibility and spin off with it, I mean, go nuts six capsule is where she keeps her snacks <laughs> <laughs> or it's for tangle all right tangle you, you get to go back in the capsule now <laughs> tangle might be able to cram her face in there but that's about it <laughs> she would try though 
<laughs> you've got her like super compacted in there, but you've just got this tail trailing out for a mile. No, no. This is after Whisper becomes a Pokemon master. Ah, I yes, see, I see. yes, yes. <laughs> she caught Tangle, all right. Tangle, Tangle. You can say more than that. Tangle. <laughs> Tangle. Talk normally. Okay, fine. Spoil sport. <laughs> I'll use tail whip that you know more than that. Come on. Fine. Sucker punch. <laughs> I love this. I love this. Please. Please. I love this. Okay. Uh, something Kyle and I have been discussing because we're getting more musical requests, which is fun. Yep. It's fine. A trifle humiliating to hear myself played back in my shower singing off key, off tempo nonsense. But hey, if you guys like it, you like it. But uh, the amount of time we are spending on production of these is vastly outstripping the amount of time we have. Uh, just getting one song done takes about the same amount of time as it takes us to do an entire show's recording session. So after this, moving forward, we're introducing a new tier. $25 is a song request hate to break it up and add more tiers and stuff, but we also have to be mindful of how much time we are spending and how much uh, energy we are expending for the show in terms of our time and such and such and economic jargon, babble, whatever. Mm -hmm. So going forward, I think we might have a couple other songs like already pre-recorded in previous shows, but announcing here. Yeah. Moving forward. If you have a song request, please submit it as a $25 Kofi or one-time Patreon thing or YouTube membership and flag it as thus. And we will do the best to my limited ability. What about minis? How do you want to handle that? As long as it's not like if there is a song request within the mini, I think that's okay. Yeah. If it's like a mini that is like 10 song requests. No, <laughs> we're, we're not opening that back door. If you if you sneak one musical request in there, okay, but just the one. Yeah. Another thing is is that I mean, not that it matters too much, but these songs generally kill our monetization on YouTube. Mm -hmm. So we're not making like more than a couple bucks on YouTube videos, but still, still, as, uh, as we as we grow, it will become more and more of an issue. So better for us to implement it here. Yes. When we have time to adjust and see how things work, then down the line when it becomes a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Good idea. Anyway, thank you to all our patrons over at patreon.com slash bumblecast, kofi.com slash bumblecast, and our YouTube members for providing all the content and sponsoring this show. We will see you next time for more Bumblecast, but until then, be good to yourselves, be good to each other. And we will see you next time on the Bumblecast. Hey, I said it out of I said it out of order and that made it weird, but I didn't want to go back and redo, so well, here we are. This is it. You must live with your mistakes, Ian. I'm not editing that one to fix it. Live and learn, eh, Fred? G-Bone. You've been listening to The Bumblecast, a co-production of Bumble King Comics and the KNGI Network. Original theme music composed by Ken Coda Snyder. Remixed intro by T-Lopes. Find out more information, along with podcast feeder links, mp3 downloads, and more at bumbleking.com and kngi.org.
They're bad people in a bad relationship. Don't you know they got a bad romance? <laughs> Who's bad? They're they're bad. They're bad. They're very bad. <laughs> Noni's notes for thumbnail ideas. Noni, please no. <laughs> terrible. Terrible. <laughs>